Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Let me offer you a salutation from Hafiz, the prince of Persian lyric poetry, or I could say the princess of Persian lyric poetry, particularly when the candle was kindled. I was reminded of this poem by Hafiz. That uh, salutation or salam or greeting, salami chubuye khushe aashnaayi, a greeting as sweet as the scent of friendship, a greeting as sweet as the scent of friendship to who, to people whose eyes have been opened to the light, to the divine light. So it is, it applies our gathering that uh, here are the devotees of spiritual and intellectual beauty and light. Salami chunure dele parsayan. Again, a greeting, a salutation as bright as the hearts of the pious people. Baran sham parsai. And the, the greeting is to the candle which gives light to the solitudes of pious people. Actually, Hafiz has many references that the candle of the solitude is the face of the beloved. Our beloved is like a candle sitting among us. And I am reminded of Dr. Kathleen Rain, who was also a candle among us. He is ever incandescent and never to be put off. <coughs> so, I wish to recite another poem from a Persian poet, I don't know his name, which again applies our gathering. Asman rashk barat bahr zamini ke daru do se yari do se dam bahr khuda benshinan. Heaven itself would be jealous of a gathering in which a group of people sit together just for the sake of God, for no other purpose, no other interest, just to talk of their beloved who is God. Asman Rashkvarat, the heaven is jealous. So I think that in the words of Wordsworth, earth has not anything to show more fair than our gathering. Earth has not to show anything more fair Dull would he be of soul who could pass by a scene so touching in its majesty. Tonight we have Sheikh Akbar or Dr. Maximus as our cup bearer who is going to serve as Hafiz has recommended. Allah ya ayyuhas saghi, oh saghi. Pass around 
the cup of wine because the love at first seemed to be very easy but in the course of time we came to know that it is not as easy as we thought. So pass by the wine. This is Muhyiddin who is going to serve us and at his side we are going to have Rumi who is the most intoxicated poet I ever know in, in the world. And he says that if you put your lip on my lip, then you will be intoxicated. If you don't agree, just uh, do it. Just test it. I am no less than the, than, than the wine of grapes. And we are going to drink from the cup of Saadi. We are going to drink from the cup of Hafiz, of Sheikh Mahmoud Shabestari, of Jami, whose name is, means cup, actually. Of course, it has other references and other implications. So <clears throat> we are going to follow the thoughts and ideas the wondrous ideas, original ideas of Muhyiddin al-Arabi, who is the most original of all Islamic mystics. And uh, no one has ever had the courage to say such new and true ideas in a prejudicious society or you could say a fanatic society, and I know how difficult it has been for him to express himself in those times with such courage, with such uh, authority and self-independence. For tonight, I have, I'm going to read first of all one of the most beautiful letters you all know, I mean the devotees of Nil Arabi, you're all acquainted, but I want to reread it again. I have given the Arabic text as well as the English text, which uh, is done by Ralph Mannheim from the book um, in his, uh, in Henry Corbin's book, uh, creative Imagination of Ibn al-Arabi. It is from that book, the translation. But unfortunately, the, trans the translation in many cases does not follow exactly the words of Muhyiddin and uh, it has missed some ideas. Uh, but uh, on the whole, it, has, it gives you the gifs. And then we will read a poem by Rumi which seems to be another translation into Persian of what Muhyiddin has said. You know, both Saadi and Rumi uh, and Hafiz, they speak every now and then uh, from the mouth of God. And they call people directly from his mouth, like Muhyiddin. Habibati, oh my beloved, he is calling to man. So, I don't read the Arabic because uh, 
it is not necessary. Everybody is acquainted with this letter. I will just read the English um, to point out where Sadi, Hafiz, Rumi, and others are expressing the same ideas in their poetry. It seems as if these great poets, these great mystics, are actually one soul in different times, appearing in different times, and it is one soul speaking all through these poems. It is the soul of poetry. I think they have heard it from the muse, from the muse, and muse has told them the same thing, of course, with a difference in language, but the same idea, the same spirit. And uh, we can reduce all the message of the muse. I mean, Rumi, Ibn al-Arabi, all of them. The message can be reduced to three or four basic ideas. That is what they are calling. That's why, why, what they are recommending, what they are trying to um, put in the heart of men. Or you could say they want to set the hearts into fire of love. And that is first that there is a God. There is a God in the world behind the curtain or very clearly seen everywhere on the curtain. Some say he is behind the curtain and some say it is painted on the curtain. And both are right. Both are right. And neither Mohyeddin nor Rumi, they don't say that one or the other. They don't say God is hidden or they don't say God is apparent. God at the same time is hidden and apparent. Actually, as John, as Attar says, the moment you come to think that he is apparent, he hides. The moment you think that he is hidden, he appears. So, gar ayan juwi nahan angah bovat. Gar nahan juwi ayan angah bovat. So, there is a God who is everywhere, who is the sole reality. He is not one reality separated from the world or just the creator of the world. He is just one reality. And that is the basic idea in Muhyiddin al-Arabi, al-Wahdat al-Wujud. And I think that Wahdat al-Wujud is a very self-evident theory. It is not something to be proved because we cannot think otherwise. There is only one existence. The idea of being is the most evident concept uh, you can think of. Because for everything else, you can go to the dictionary, you can ask people what is the book, what is art, what is the earth, what is this, the sky. Uh, you have to ask about it. But for being, nobody asks what is being. Because being is quite clear. A child, when he comes home, he says, is mother at home? When they say, your mother is at home, he has no doubt what the meaning of it is. Just look in the dictionary. What is is? Nobody would say that. Because is is the most evident idea. Who can try to prove God while he is the most evident concept existing in the world? 
Everything else needs some proof, some demonstration, but for existence which has filled the whole world, every atom of the world, and everything is standing with this, uh, with this uh, existence. And Mahiyat, as Muhyiddin says, Al-Mahiyat, Masham Matra'ahatul Wujud, means the quiddities, the whatness, has not smelled even of existence. It has nothing to do with existence. It is all existence that gives life and gives reality to, to all quiddities. So as Sheikh Mahmoud says, after Muhyiddin, that Zahi uh, Nadan, what a fool would he be to try to take a candle in his hand and try to, oh, I'm going to show you the, the, the sun. Uh, we are trying to find the sun in the sky through the, the light of this candle. Zahi Nadan ki u khurshid taban, benur sham juyat dar So the first idea is the most evident. And I wonder really how they have called Muhyiddin and the followers a heretic. What do you want to say? You want to say there are many existences? There is only one. We say that, there is, that existence is only one meaning. And non-existence is just the opposite. The only opposite, the only other meaning is uh, non-existence which doesn't exist. So, uh, I remember that once a student told me that he was going to write a book against the ideas of Rumi. And I said, which one of his ideas you are going to disprove? He said, well, the Wahdat al-Wujud and the unity of being. I said, well, um, what do you want to prove? You want to prove that there, is, there are multiplicity of being? What do you mean by multiplicity of being? Being is one. So this is the basic idea that since being is one, then it fills your heart, first of all, that God is with you everywhere. Everywhere you look around and you find in the Quran, as Mohyeddin says, God created the world and he is himself into everything he has created. He is present in his creation. So, <clears throat> in the Quran you read, with, wherever you turn your face, you will see God. So, what is this except being? Because being is everywhere. You cannot, uh, you cannot even try not to see him. Just try not to see him. Once I remember, I, I asked my father, how can we see God? Because these mystics and great poets have said that we see God and we don't worship the God whom we have not seen. How can we see him? My, my father said, just close your eyes. And then when you open your eyes again, the first thing you see is God. The first thing you see is God. And the secondly, you see that this is a tree, that is a mountain, this one is a river, this is a man, this is a woman. The first thing you see is, is being. So this is the basic idea. And this, when you come to see that existence is the sole reality in the world, the second thing uh, you come to know is that existence cannot come from non-existence. So it is eternal. 
There is no question, well, who has created God? Because when uh, some clergymen or uh, people of former religion, they, they prove God, and then somebody asks, who has created God? But here there is no such a question because God is existence and he is everywhere and he cannot come from non-existence. Adam Mujud Gardad, this is by Sheikh Mahmoud Shabestari. Will ever non-existence come into existence? This is impossible. So existence is eternal. It has ever been and which it will ever be. So this, the second good tiding this theory gives you that whatever exists will ever exist and has, has ever been existing. So you will never die. Because how can you die? How can you go out of this world of existence? Because there is no other world. There is only one world. And that is the world of existence. There is no other place. There is no uh, non-existent shire you could travel to. <laughs> so, we can be sure that uh, if our reality is not our body, is not even our soul, is our existence. We exist. We don't know where we have been. We don't remember what we have been and we are going to be because everything that exists will ever exist because existence will continue to be. And if Mohyeddin says, sabete, what is sabete? It means, um, where have we been all oh, this universe? Where has it been? And before this creation, they have been in the heart of God, in the mind of God, in the chest of God. So he has brought things out of his own being. Everything comes from being. He has not created from non-existence. Some people say, think that God exists and then he has created certain things out of non-existence. It is impossible. He has created out of existence. And existence is himself. So he has just <coughs> revealed himself into millions and millions of worlds of creation. So our soul is eternal. It was never uh, born to die. Because everything that is born is, will die. But our soul has never been born. So this is the first idea, the, the idea of ex unity of existence. And that unity is the source of all unities. Because all the universe are united in the idea of existence. And Rumi says, Vishnu has nay chun hekayat mikonat. Hearken to the song of the reed. It is telling a, a story, a wondrous story, a story of separation. We have been separated from our source. We, we have been somewhere together. Rumi says that we have all been together. 
I was your hand. You were my eyes. We were members of each other. So then we came into this world and then we were separated and then we are bemoaning. Now we are bemoaning of separation. And Haji Sabzivari, a great philosopher of recent times, says that Neyestan, kaz Neyestan tamaro bubridand, because the reed is singing that I have been cut from the reed field and been uh, burnt and now turned me into a flute reed, reed flute. He says that I am coming from the, uh, <coughs> the reed field. That reed field is actually Neyestan. Actually, um, Ayonisobete. means the things in God, the things before revealing into this world. So, <coughs> the idea of unity of existence solves the problem of this because there is no this. Rumi says we are going from this part of the garden to the other part of the garden because there is the garden of being and we are in the garden of being we can just we cannot go out of the garden because there is no door we can just go from this side to the other side and uh, the another idea that comes out i mean that the muse has filled the poet that you have to say this is that you have to justify the ways of God, that everything is okay, everything is in harmony, all discord is harmony, not understood. And that is why Mohyeddin is trying to explain, Rumi is trying to explain, Sadi is trying to explain, Milton says that, uh, is talking to the muse, that if I am low, <coughs> raise me, if I am dark, illumine me, brighten me, because I want in my argument, at the height of this argument of paradise lost, what I'm going to, to prove, I am going to justify the ways of God. I want to say that God is all right, and if uh, for a short time uh, you cannot understand why this and why that, just wait a little bit. Rumi says, Wait until I scratch my head. He is talking on the side of God, that God is talking to man. Well, don't be in a hurry, because there is a verse in the Quran that man has been created from uh, hastening and hurry. So don't hurry. I will explain everything to you. Now here again, I will read this uh, letter which is fantastic, which is unique in the world literature. And it warms up everyone's heart that we are dear to our Creator, and our Creator is in love with us. In fact, there is a verse in the Quran that God loves them, and they love God. And the Sufi says, love starts from him, not from you. He first loves you, and then you can love him. He first remembers you, and then you can recite his name. 
There is a story in Rumi that somebody was reciting the name of God. Oh, Allah, Allah. And he was reciting the name of God. But the devil appeared to him and said, Well, you fool. Um, you are so many times you say Allah, but there is no response on the other side. How is it that you just continue? Just stop saying Allah. The man was a little bit in doubt what to say and he was really about to be convinced that he should leave the calling and the reciting. And then Khazr, one of the prophets, he appeared and said, well, you don't know that when you are reciting God, it means that he is reciting you. He is started. Otherwise, you couldn't know him. How could you come to recite his name? If he was not reciting you, if he was not, he, he is opening your mouth to his own name. So listen, oh dearly beloved, I am the reality of the world. In fact, in the Arabic, it is you are the reality of the world. Oh man, oh man, you are the reality of the world. The center of the circumference. You are the part and the whole. You are the microcosm and macrocosm. This is what Rumi says that uh, it is true that your body is microcosm, but your soul is macro. It's, it's, Everything is in your soul. In the spirit of man, a thousands of Gabriel comes out of your being. A thousands of angels, all the angels have paid homage to you, prostrated before you. So man has such a lofty position in the world. So he says that you are the part and you are the whole. You are the, <coughs> the will established between heaven and earth, I have, from here, I is okay, is the translation. I means God. I have created perception in you only in order to be the object of my perception. And Rumi, I will, will read later this sonnet by Rumi, says the same thing. We will read it. If you perceive me, you perceive yourself. It, is, it seems to be the opposite of the tradition. It is not in agreement with the, uh, a tradition by Muhammad that man arafa arafa rabbah. A person who knows himself knows his God, his Lord. But this is not actually in, in incongruous with this, uh, what Muhyiddin says. Because here, he means if you're, you are trying to know yourself without me, not through me. If you know yourself through me, then you know me. But if you know, try to know yourself, you will neither know yourself nor me. So you have to know yourself, even yourself, through me. And then when you know yourself through me, then you know me. So this is the tradition of Muhammad. And it is true that if you 
truly come to know yourself through God, not through your, your limited consciousness that, well, I am such and such, then you don't know God. But if you come to lose yourself and to drown yourself in the uh, ocean of divine being, then you will come to know yourself first and then to know your Lord second. But you cannot perceive me through yourself. It is through my eyes that you see me and see yourself. Through your eyes you cannot see me. Sadi has a very beautiful poem that uh, how can I not look at my beloved while the first time I saw him I became uh, sightful and I became a seeing person. Means just by looking at you, I found my eyes. So you, you are blind if you don't look at him. Dearly beloved, I have called you so often and you have not heard me. Rumi says the whole world are calling you and it's the book of God and every uh, tree, every morning, every uh, rising sun is calling you. It is, they are all the salutation of God. The whole nature is the salutation of God. So he is calling you to himself and you just, uh, you are so engrossed with your daily and your secular engagements that you just don't hear. Don't, you don't hear my voice. Yes, I have, a, I have shown myself to you so often and you have not seen me. And Rumi says, He is the flower, he is the grass, he is the garden, and he is the sunshine. Savorous food and you have not tasted me. Why can you not reach me through the object you touch? This is what uh, has uh, made uh, superficial religious followers to say that, yes, he is a heretic. It is real. Even Ibn Khaldun, who was more fair in his judgment, says that Muhyiddin has said sheer kufr, sheer heresy, sheer disbelief through these things that you can see God through every object, you can eat God, you can smell God, of course you can smell God. Actually the main problem in the world is that people don't smell God. They, they have lost the sense of their smell. Ibn al-Faris says if just the scent, the perfume of this wine, this divine wine, happens to breeze to the west, happens to breeze to the west, then people who have lost their smell, their sense of the smell, they would regain their smell. So this is actually our main problem, that people don't sense God, they don't feel God, they don't touch God.
There is uh, a story that when Adam was going to be driven out of out of paradise, he went to God and said, "Oh God, I I can bear everything, all sufferings of exile, but how can I bear this? Your separation, it is a fire. I cannot bear it." Um, Tell me, to, what, what can I do without you? God said, well, I'm coming with you. He said, how are you coming with me? He said, I'm sending Eve with you. Eve is me. So have the sense of see. See just your, your Lord in front, sitting in front of you. This is what Mohiyadin says. That when I turned your, my face and saw that Isfahani, من أجل البلاد من Isfahani, you see, he says, and the, the, I am from Istvan myself. <laughs> he says, the, the, best, the best of the cities of those days, um, uh, he is, um, uh, Mohiyadin is speaking of Lady Nizam, and says, uh, he was Men Banat al Muluk. Men Banat al Muluk. And Men Ajal al Bilad, Men Isfahani from the best of the cities from Isfahan. He says that when I turned and looked at the girl, I just had a feeling. Everybody can have this feeling that, well, this is my Lord. He has created this out of, uh, from copying his own face. Or breathe me through sweet perfumes. Because perfume can take you to paradise. Actually, everything has its own perfume. The perfume of friendship, the perfume of success, the scent of success, the scent of God, the scent of spirituality, the scent of love. The scent of love can bring you to paradise. When a group of people get together who are good people, then they are in paradise because they can scent each, the scent of paradise is, is, is to be a smell from each of them. That is why in, in the Quran you read, ibadi, just enter the group of my, of my servants and then enter paradise. This is the address of paradise. Why do you not see me? Why do you not hear me? Why, why, why? For you, my delights surpass all other delights. And Alazul Lazat, I am the, the, the highest state of pleasure and happiness comes from me. And the pleasure I produce, you, you surpass all other, I, I procure you surpass all other pleasures. For you I am preferable to all other good things. I am beauty, I am grace, love me, love me alone. And uh, Rumi has a reference to why God insists that you have to love him and love him alone. And uh, he says, um, Said is a jealous man and I am more jealous than Said. And God is more jealous than me. And it is because of his jealousy that he has prohibited you to do the bad things, to do, this, to, to do the wrong things. 
It is because of his jealousy, because he doesn't want you to be with others. You shouldn't be with pride, with um, Madame Pride. You shouldn't be seen with Madame Avarice. You shouldn't be seen with uh, anyone but me. Be with me. If you are with beauty, with good and with truth, you are with me. Then nobody would protest. But if you are someone else, what is someone else? Someone else is anything which is not divine, anything which is not in harmony with beauty and good. So, says that whatever God has prohibited in the Quran, it is because of his jealousy. He doesn't want you. You are a man. You shouldn't do something which is below your dignity. If I say that you shouldn't say a lie, it is because it is below your dignity. I'm not going to, go to take you to hell. The worst hell is that you are separated from me and you don't find me. If you go to false and untruth, attach yourself to me. No one is more inward than I. Others love you for their own sake. I love you for yourself. Because God is needless, totally needless. He is samad. He is, he is disdainful of all creation. He doesn't need anything. So whatever he does is just for the sake of you. Dearly beloved, you cannot treat me fairly. For if you approach me, it is because I have approached you. Talk as John. This is by Parubale Ma by Rumi. Parubale Ma Kamande Eshkus. He throws the lasso and takes us, and he is drawing us to himself. Uh, and we think that we are going towards God. He's drawing us by the force of his love. I am nearer to you than yourself. Dus nazdik taras man be manas. This is sadi. He is nearer to me than myself, than your soul, than your breast. Who among creatures would treat you as I do? I am jealous of you over you. You know, Rumi, this is by Victor Hugo, of course, that even God can be jealous of love between two persons, two lovers on the earth if he had not created the whole creation for love, if he had not created the whole for love, then he would be jealous because it is the height and the highest point of felicity and prosperity to be in love with each other. When you are in love, when you are making love with the divine eyes, then at that moment there is not a woman, not a man. It is God. And Rumi says that the in union, Vesal, marriage actually ends in Vesal. Vesal means union, consummation. So this union, Rumi says, when a man and a woman become united in love, then it's God. It's no more the woman, no more the, uh, the man. I want you to belong to no other, not even to yourself. Be mine for me, <clears throat> be for me as you are in me, though you are not even aware of it. Um, dearly beloved, let's go towards union. If you read Shakespeare, Shakespeare is fantastic 
in explaining how union leads us to real love, which is a divine love. He starts from secular love, but when it is purified, when it is purified, then it is a fire eternally uh, bright and will never be quenched. And that is why before you can have that union, you have to work hard. Nowadays, somebody comes to a girl and says, well, I want to marry you. Would you marry me? But in the works of Shakespeare, you often find that when the proposer, the man who is asking for the lady's hand, offers, well, she says, well, it's better that you go to such and such place and do for one hour some services. Learn how to serve before and then you come back to me. He has, he puts some conditions before uh, the lovers and, be, and before those who propose. Because and, and this is the same as God. You have to purify yourself. You have not learned how to serve. Then how can you marry me? Let us go towards union. And if we find on the road on, we find, sorry, not no on, we find that leads to separation, the road that leads to separation. We will destroy separation. We will kill. Hafez says, uh, I will put to death, I will cut off his head if separation comes to be in my hand. Destroy separation. Let's go hand in hand. Let's enter the presence of truth. Truth is a plane of being which is even higher than the love of God and man. The love of God and man is uh, one of the manifestations of truth. And truth itself is, has the highest level. So you can go to truth and say, well, we love each other, even with God, hand in hand with God and and truth will seal your marriage, that it is true. Let it be our judge and imprint its seal upon our union forever. And there are <coughs> just one more phrase not translated, uh, which is very important and very interesting, that says, Mohyeddin says, what a, <coughs> what a pleasure that after we have been separated, and we have been uh, seemingly to be on animosity. There has been some uh, conflict between us, some clashes between us. And after we قهر کردیم با یکدیگر, we have uh, um, broken the string of our friendship. Now after that, what a great pleasure to be united again. So after animosity, friendship has uh, the most, uh, uh, gives the most pleasure. Now, <clears throat> let's uh, recite this poem by Rumi. I'm sorry that I couldn't uh, prepare the translation, but um, before I leave London, I, I will get a translation of the coffee. Oh, it is not uh, the other side? No. You didn't? Oh, yes. 
Okay, so we will prepare it. I will just read, and this, uh, you just did the English. Okay, so here is the Arabic and here is the Farsi. It doesn't matter. I can read the Persian and explain. Come, come to me. You will never find a beloved like me. And in fact, there is no beloved like me in the whole universe. You cannot find, and there doesn't exist. Not only you cannot find like me, it doesn't exist such a beauty, such a fair lady in the whole universe. So you can never find one like me. Shakespeare says, uh, you like none, none like you in Constance. And loves constancy. بیا بیا و شما به هر دو جهان خود کجاست دل داری؟ بیا بیا و به هر سوی روزگار مبر. Don't waste your time here and there on these pleasures which come to an end without leaving anything for you. بیا بیا و به هر سوی روزگار مبر که نیست نقد تو را غیر من خریداری. For your commodity, I am the, the only customer. Other people cannot buy your, your commodity. It is too expensive for them. So I can, I, I am, I am rich enough to buy you. Send yourself to me. Don't sell yourself to beggars. These people you are, you see, you see usually people sell themselves for, for a very s small price to beggars. God says don't sell to them because they cannot buy your dignity, your, your, divine status and I can I am rich enough to buy from you and there is the verse in the Quran God buys from believers their soul and whatever they have so sell it all to me except in my service where you can find <clears throat> the sunrise of all happiness means all happiness rises from my being there is no center of happiness except me so if you want to <clears throat> achieve to attain to happiness to conquest happiness there is a book by Bertrand Russell conquest of happiness it's a good book I have read. But if you really want to conquest happiness and eternal happiness, then it is with me. And uh, you know, Mo, um, Ibn Avicenna, uh, even before Mohyeddin says, uh, the most happy and the most delightful being in the world is God. He is the source of all delight. And if you want to get to delight, to happiness, there is no other way no other place Nobody will ever see any trace of happiness in the whole world except he be in my service and is devoted to me. I can give him happiness. بیا و فکرت من کن که فکرتت دادم think about me just think that I have given you the faculty of reasoning 
how noble we are in reason, how infinite we are in faculty. So these faculties have been given to you by your Lord. So use them for your own Lord. First of all, the first thing you have to think about is who has created my power, my faculty of thought. So use yourself and spend yourself for me. Spend your mind for me. And if you are going to buy jewels and pearl, come to me. I am the jeweler. I can sell you. I can give you. If you have legs, then walk towards the person who has given you a leg. Just think that who has given me, it is wondrous that we can walk. It is wondrous that we can talk. It's, the wonders of the world are infinite, in fact. And every inch of the world is wonderful. So what wonder that you can talk, walk and you can talk? Then talk of God. Walk towards God. And open your eyes and see the one who has given you the eyes. And ask yourself, who has given me this wonderful sight that I can see the world? The first thing I, can, I want to see is to see my Lord. Then clap, if you want to clap, clap for his happiness, to celebrate his uh, grace. Because kaf at the same time has two meanings. One is clapping and kaf is the foam of the sea. He says kaf is from the sea, from the ocean of God. At the same time, it means clapping. It has um, uh, equivocal, it is equivocal, two meanings. And his happiness, which is true happiness, is not mixed with any sorrow, is not mixed with any anxiety. You are never uh, disappointed from that happiness, no change. It is ever with you. So this is the first part. Uh, I think uh, if there are any questions so far, we can discuss. But I have to explain that I am a little bit hard of hearing, particularly recently. I can hardly get uh, a voice, particularly when we are separated. Maybe my wife can explain for me, or if she could come and here, because <laughs> actually, yes. You can make enemies with people if you take the wrong, if you give the wrong answer. So uh, how do you address this, this question? You know, we're both contemporary, and yeah. how do you manage to answer it without making enemies of the people that think you're wrong? Because people have very definite opinions on this. I think the similarity between Rumi and Muhyiddin in ideas, in expressions, even sometimes in imagery, are because of two things. First is that they have been influenced directly or through the students of Muhyiddin with his ideas. 
And uh, particularly Hafiz, every now and then you read a poem in Arabic, you feel that it might be from Muhyiddin himself. Ma be salma wa man bezi salamin. It is just, we can say, Muhyiddini um, poetry. How is Salma? Where, how are the people in the Salam? The story of love has no end. And here, uh, the language of uh, the ordinary language, the language of work, have been cut. Nobody can speak of love. And then he says, Ya barid al hima. Hema kallah. These are the words of Muhyiddin. Hema is the house of the beloved. Ya barid al hema. Oh, messenger coming from, from the land of my beloved. Well done, you have come, you are, you have come to me. Ya barid al hema. Hema kallah. May God support you and be graceful to you. So, it's the same with Muhyid, with uh, Rumi, that um, he may have attended some of the classes of Saddin Qunyavi in Damascus, and he have read the works of Muhyiddin as he has read the works of Mutanabi and other poets. He was a voracious reader, Rumi, and he was acquainted with, the, uh, with contemporary ideas. So I think that uh, uh, Muhyiddin has directly influenced Saadi, Hafiz, and Rumi. Of course, I can say that since the language of Muhyiddin is not that much loving as that of Rumi, they have more got the idea from Ibn al-Fariz. Ibn al-Fariz mm, has more influenced. Uh, Muhyid, uh, I mean Rumi, and particularly Saadi and Hafiz. In fact, I could say that Divan Hafiz, the, the Ghazaliyat Hafiz, the sonnets of Hafiz, you could say, the lyrics of Hafiz, mm, are so deep and so crystallization of the ideas of Muhyiddin that you can say all the works of Muhyiddin are commentaries on Hafiz. There is a story, of course, not with any historical support, that once Muhyiddin said to Ibn al-Fariz, of course, maybe they have never met, but there is the story that they met each other, and Muhyiddin said to Ibn al-Fariz that I am going to write a book, um, to, to write a commentary on your great ode, on your great ballad of Ta'iye Kobra. I'm your great poem, poet, poem. He said, you don't need to write a commentary because all your works are commentary of my poetry. <laughs> so it is true with Hafiz because all the fusus, I will explain later in our other sessions, that um, Saadi has his, his own fusus, fusus al-hikam, means the wisdom of, uh, I mean, the... <clears throat> Jewels of Wisdom, uh, Rumi has his own, Hafez has his own. They have named many of these prophets and have given their word of wisdom. But 
with one difference that Muhyiddin concentrates on one idea about every single of the prophets. For example, Suleiman is uh, the, the word of Rahmani. Joseph is the word of light. But uh, for Rumi, every it's floating. Every time he approaches Joseph or Abraham or Adam, he gives a new wisdom. He has different ideas about these prophets. He, he doesn't say that he is just a symbol and the crystallization of this single uh, idea. So I think they have been influenced by uh, Mohyeddin. And um, the second is that they have heard it from the same muse. That is another reason for similarity. Well, it's a very good question. In fact, it is a rhetoric question. It is just uh, complaining. How is it? It is just actually encouraging humanity. Why you don't come to me? It means come to me. It is not a question. It's not a real question to be answered. It is to be justified, of course. Uh, Muhyiddin has justified it that most people, ordinary people, except for those who are initiated with the uh, way of Sufis, uh, they will uh, not come to see God in everything. They will not come to the gathering of um, divinity. They will not smell God. They will not. It is because God is hidden from them and they are um, the revelation of another name. God has different names. And this name of Hawazahir is not for them. Hawalbaten is for them. They work with the word Hawalbaten. God is hidden for them. God is not present. Yeah. So that is why, because uh, every being has a relation to a particular name of God. For example, Noah was a symbol of transcendence. So mm, that is why Rumi says where Noah was wrong, because he, he persisted or insisted on transcendence. And he drowned the whole world in, in, this, in the flood. He drowned the whole world in the flood because he wanted nothing but God is to exist. So this is transcendence. But uh, Muhyiddin and Rumi, both of them, they believe that um, transcendence is heresy if it is alone, and immanence is heresy if it is alone. So it's, both of them create some problems. You have to, at the same time, to have a, an equilibrium between uh, transcendence and immanence. Yes. 
Yes. Oh yes, I see. I can get. I'm not that much hard of hearing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, every now and then I hear certain things. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted yeah. me near him. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, there are many questions. <laughs> yes, that is why. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I often um, encourage my students, and uh, I recommend them that when they go to propose the younger generation, then go to, your, to the lady and say, Oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord, I'm going to be with you. This is true. If you look as your Lord and then you cannot tell a lie, you cannot hurt her, you cannot say anything wrong, you, you can live ever with, him, with her in uh, true happiness. So, but there is another question that why then God with existence and sheer existence, and all existence, how is it that he punishes people for, and put them into hell, and uh, what is this fire of hell? This is one of the things which, has, which Muhyiddin has justified, has justified, and says that these are the uh, variety, the variety of uh, existence, every uh, unity uh, appears in variety. And this variety is very good because if there is no variety, then um, the, all the interest and charm of life is in the variety. But if there is variety and there is no unity, it is all distraction. Oh, I, you remember I told this, that once Mullah Nasreddin, the comic figure in Persian literature, he was playing sitar. And then he was playing on one note, and he was uh, boring everybody. And somebody says, how is it that you are playing on one? Uh, you have to go up and down. <laughs> he said, well, those who go up and down, they have not found it yet. I have found it. It's here. <laughs> See, some people find the notes, and they play it on and on and on. So God is infinite, and it has infinite variations, infinite appearances, imprints, uh, revelations, manifestations, and uh, there is only one thing given different names at different levels. Just think of coldness and warmness. You say that this is cold, right? And if it is a little bit, the temperature is higher, you say it is hot, right? While we know that there is only one thing in the world, there are not two things. When it is less temperature, you call it cold. When it is higher, you call it hot. So at every level, it is heat at lower level. Even evil is good at lower levels. You have to raise yourself to the higher levels of good. So people who go the wrong way actually uh, this is what Rumi says, that uh, in, in the Day of Judgment, when they are, uh, you are brought to be judged in the court of God, he would never tell you that, uh, how is it that you have coveted this and that, and you wanted more and more of this secular world. 
He would say, how is it that you were so mean that you did not desire for higher things? They don't punish you for your desires, for <clears throat> only for that you have not higher desires and greater desires. So it is not desire that is bad. Desire, when it comes at a lower level, it is no good. You have to have a great expectation. Man has to uh, desire the best. Havasis dar sarman, havas is very good, it is lost. Havasis dar sarman ke sar bashar nadaram. There is such a desire in my heart that I desire nothing else. So, if desire is the fire in which you are burnt, it is because it is the lower level. It is not at your dignity. It is the, the animal's level. If, if a cow or an ass, they would desire nothing but eat and drink and sleep, then it's okay. But if a man has the same report of his life, what was the reasons behind your life? You say, well, eating and drinking, then this is the animal level. You are not expected to that. So this is the lower level. Well, by, <clears throat> by knowledge, the more you know, the higher you want. Um, that is <clears throat> actually, Muhyiddin is a symbol more of knowledge than love. Dr. Dr. William Chittik has written a very good book on Rumi and one on Muhyiddin. He says, the path of knowledge is, Rumi, is Muhyiddin. The path of love is Rumi. So there are different ways, one of them is knowing. And this knowing comes through doing, according to Mohyeddin. Because uh, it is through doing that you come to know. If you don't do the good, you will not come to know the good. So, if you want to be elevated in your desires, but because the higher you come, the less animosity, less clash, less uh, fighting and war. Once I said that if you want to have peace, you have to go to come higher and higher. Because when you are down here, you want this, somebody else also wants, so we have clash. But if you are in love with Hafiz and Ibn al-Arabi, and I am also in love with Ibn al-Arabi, we are friends. So the higher your desire, if you are if you want just champagne and whiskey, you have to pay and somebody has more money from you and then somebody may take it from you. But if you want to get spiritual wine from Hafiz, from Sadi, from Rumi, um, from Euclid, from mathematics, because Bertrand Russell was intoxicated with geometry. My own first girlfriend, I remember that when I was about 16 and 17 years old. Um, my first girlfriend was a book called One, Two, Three, Infinity. It was a very good book and I still read it and enjoy it. So you get intoxicated. Actually Plutarch, the great writer says, when I read the poetry of Sappho, the great woman poetess of Greece, who is one of the, actually, uh, Plato says he is 
uh, one of the muses. The muse are not nine or ten, one of them is Sappho. And he has written very <coughs> intoxicating poetry. Plutarch says, whenever I read, whenever I read Sappho, then I am ashamed to drink any more wine. You don't need any more wine because you have already taken enough. So the higher you come, the less animosity until you come to the peace, the eternal peace, when there is no, uh, there is the highest of elevation to the delight, the delectable mountain. From there you can see the paradise. Yes, yes. Um, happy you mentioned it because it needed some commentary. You know, when we speak of wujud, it has different meanings. One meaning is absolute being. Another meaning is limited being. The world of being means the sun is something, the mountain is something, man is something. They exist. They are beings. And when they say Adam, non-existence, it means non-existence of limitation. So Adam is equal to absolute existence. Actually, Kathleen Rain has a very beautiful poem about non-existence. He, she says that this is the source of all beings. It is the source of everything good, uh, of the spirit, of, of the soul, of, of worlds, after world come out of uh, non-existence. As Adam Ha, <coughs> as you said, there, there, there are caravans coming from non-existence. So that non-existence is just um, in terminology of Sufism, it means non-existence of any limitation. means absolute, unlimited concept of existence. Uh, it is just like um, you have a garden here, another person has another garden with you, and there is one garden which is uh, longer, one garden which is bigger, one which is a different shape. And then what you take the walls, all, then one garden. So Adam means non-existence and not being of limitations, not actually uh, uh, the, the true meaning of existence. And besides that, let me introduce to you the, word, the work of Fusus al-Hikmah. There is another Fusus before Fusus al-Hikmah Before that, we have a very small book about 20 pages. It is Fususul Hikmah, means words of wisdom. Muhyiddin says jewels of wisdoms. It is plural, but that is jewels of wisdom. And he wisd by wisdom he means philosophy, in fact. He means divine philosophy transcendental philosophy. That's a small book in which he explains that uh, <clears throat> potentiality is called also Adam. Potentiality and contingency. The world of contingency is um, uh, in fact um, a piece of paper on which God writes with his pen. Farabi says, Azalatil kulliya fasarat lohan 
means God's totality had a shadow and the shadow became contingency and contingency is non-existent because it doesn't it doesn't have anything on it it's written yet but azalatil ahadiya and then another shadow came from god as as unique as not totality not as the total being but as his unity his unity had one shadow his totality had another shadow the first shadow became a, a, a page infinite page with nothing written on it and then the unity azalat and it became a pen and that pen started writing on that well <clears throat> you know we are going to speak about harmony in next uh, the lecture i have you know harmony <clears throat> is actually the presence of one in many god who is one comes down in multiplicity but how can you see god in multiplicity when you see harmony when you see how this is related to that when you lose the harmony it is it seems to be discord so to justify is to turn discord into harmony and to say that this is not discord all chance is direction thou dost not know all discord is harmony not understood this is what milton and sadie and office they are trying to give you the harmony behind the curtain that this is somehow related to that if you are suffering it is somehow just it is a part of your being it is a part of your actions you have to wait for it and even in down deep in our heart we know that uh, the world is very sensitive when macbeth when macbeth kills duncan and comes out of the room he says me thought i heard a voice cry sleep no more macbeth does murder sleep the innocent sleep so when if you just uh, murder sleep then you have killed your own sleep so the poet tries to show you the harmony which is hidden from the eyes of ordinary eyes that is in fact what hafiz in a very famous poem yusuf gum gashte baza yad be kanan qam makhur it the refrain is grieve not the joseph will return to his father's land then grieve not and then he says hin mashonomi don't lose your hope don't lose your hope hin mashonomi chun waqif nay asriqi because you are not aware of the hidden secrets of the hidden you are not aware of that so if you lose your hope it means that you are aware and you are claiming wrong because you don't know anything about what is going on behind the curtain so you don't lose your hope because something may happen how do you, how are you sure when you are despaired you are sure that nothing would happen good so how fast says you cannot claim that uh, you are despaired because despair is beyond your knowledge hin mashonomi chun waqif ni asriqib there are some uh, tricks and plays behind the curtain so wait 
until every, everything is explained to you. But to some extent, even in this world, even ordinary people, they know that they have to wait. If they do A, then you have to wait for B. But if you do not know that B is the consequence of A, then you will, uh, you will be distracted, you will be amazed. What is, why, why did it happen to me? Because you don't know. If somebody who has never <coughs> drunk any wine, if you drink wine and then suddenly you get uh, uh, intoxicated, and then say, well, how is it that I don't, I can't walk like that? You didn't know that this is A and then the consequence is B. Macbeth actually is trying to save himself and he says, if, if the murder could trammel up its consequences, but it can never trammel up its consequences because the consequences will surely follow. If you do A, then you have to wait for the consequences. If the, the murder could trammel up its consequences, if it was done when it was done, one, it is not done when it is done. Something will happen. It is not finished. He wants to say, well, I wish it would be finished when I murdered the king and um, usurped the uh, throne. You cannot do that. If it is done, this is a wish. It is a futile, vain wish that I wish I... I could trammel up the consequences, but if you cannot. And in the long run, it ends into despair of Macbeth when he says, um, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, he says, life is a, a walking shadow and it is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. This is for the person who has lost the harmony. He says that what, this life is all insignificant. And it is better to be insignificant because if it is insignificant, he can somehow uh, console himself that, well, nothing would happen. And, but if he, is, he believes that something would happen, then he would suffer. Because some, that is why some people actually take refuge in absurdism. They go to absurdism because there they do not suffer uh, the waiting for the consequences. They say, well, the world is absurd. There's nothing is the condition of anything else. Nothing is caused by anything else. So it is, it is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Thank you, Thank you very much.